0: they were asking me questions I said, let me ask you a question you guys invested in wag or whatever the dog walking company is here and, and I do like the founder so I'm sorry they just changed their name um, I was like and you're asking me all of these questions on what my exit looks like why don't you tell me what her exit looks like because her competitor just raised $40 million on your $4 million. And they said, "You, that's a really good question. We don't know. And I said, <laughs> that's great. And here's another reason as to why I just wouldn't want to take a check from you. But it really got my confidence up because yeah. I'm like, you know what? Like, no, I'm going to fire back. Right. You know? And Absolutely. in that moment, I wasn't going to take a check from them, but I had a very confident pitch because mm-hmm. I wanted them to want me. Right. You right. know?
1: Welcome to The Uncensored Show with your host, George Paul, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life Uncensored. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Show. Uh, We have a very special guest here today, um, a friend, longtime friend, who I met, I think, back in 2013, I want to say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a while ago. Yeah. Time flies. Time flies. And so I'm so excited to have her on the show. I'm going to give you guys the formal rundown on macy so macy mata is an entrepreneur from the chicago illinois area after many successful years in the financial industry and relocating to multiple states she landed in charlotte nc for the second time leaving her financial career in the past macy went on to become the ceo of Maze services macy spent two years building Maze and a team from scratch before executing a successful technology acquisition with the recent transition macy plans to keep the founder fire alive by becoming an active investor and business consultant. For her future, she wants to build and invest in companies that will directly affect the future of female entrepreneurs and investors. And with no further ado, Macy, how are you today?
0: Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. This will be like our official catch up right? I know, right? on air because so we never kind of just, see each other. Exactly. Right. So you
1: guys are kind of just listening in on our conversation right. when we're catching up. Um, but now so great to have you. So obviously, I just gave the formal rundown, the formal bio, so in in your, technically these are your words, but in your own words, just kind of share with the audience, you know, who you are and, and, you know, what you're all about.
0: Yeah, so I'd say I'm a typical type A entrepreneur, a little spastic, um, pescatarian, (laughs) health, fitness, because it's good for my mind and, and, I mean, yeah, good for my body, but um, yeah, I'm I'm very focused right now, especially, which is crazy, because just going through this acquisition, I was... Went through a, a bunch of emotions, but I'm more focused now than ever, and yeah, really just a ball of energy. So let's yeah. rock and roll. She is, she is, she's <laughs> a ball of
1: energy. So I'm, I'm feeling a little more upbeat since she, since she got here. Um, so you know, I remember a while back. So like I said, we met. I think it was early 2013, and mm-hmm. I remember back then. I'm not sure if it was if it was Maze at the time, but it might've been the kind of the, the beginnings of like what you were thinking. And so you were talking to me about building a technology platform. And so I know a lot of times people think. Was I
0: back then? Those are the things I was talking about? Yeah. Back then. That's crazy. Because I wasn't talking to you about Maze. Okay.
1: So it's something different then. Because
0: we met before I moved to the Bay Area. Yeah. I spent a year in the Bay Area. And that's when when I I started, you know, of course, by default, living there, Mm -hmm. consulting more technology companies. Mm -hmm. And um, that's. When I came back is when I started ah. to build Maze. So it's interesting because I know I always have crazy entrepreneur conversations mm-hmm. to think that, you know, two years before that.
1: Yeah, yeah, cause I, I remember. So I didn't connect the dot fit. It was it was something different at the time. But, yeah, we were talking about that. And you. so I guess you were already kind of sowing the seed for what was to come. Um, but I just I thought it was relevant to bring that up because a lot of times people think these things happen overnight right oh yeah so I mean you started what in 2015 building this or when did you start building two years ago two years ago So 2017. okay Um, so a lot of times people think these things happen overnight but even though that experience wasn't necessarily uh, this company you were already in the phases of just you know and I've had other
0: companies um, Mm -hmm. that were maybe momentarily successful with revenue but Mm -hmm. not to a level that is scalable or something that I was passionate about doing um, long-term mm-hmm. or even building to sell or or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so Maze was definitely not my first venture.
1: I got you. And I want, I want to actually take a quick pivot right there because you said a couple of buzzwords that I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. but some of my listeners might not. And so my, my goal is to make sure they're educated. So you said you were successful from a standpoint of being able to generate revenue, but maybe not building something that was scalable or mm-hmm. building something that you could build to sell. Now, while that seems kind of self-explanatory, just unpack for us a little bit, like, what is the thought process of building a company, like, you know, just your, your everyday mom and pop shop versus building something that's scalable? And, you know, what does that look like? What is the thought process yeah. that goes Yeah, so
0: really everything that I'm doing right now is, the que- the first question is, is it scalable? So what we do is my team will come with the ideas. They'll really pitch it to me, and I will run all the numbers back here on a five-year, and I'll build out a scalability platform. Okay. So, if it fits into something that we would want to invest our time and money into, mm-hmm. then it works. Um, making sure, you know, there's so much that goes into it. I think that if you have a good business, you can scale anything. Mm. That's a good idea. Okay. It all is up to the capital and the team that's executing. Gotcha. Um, so, if... I someone comes to me with a business and to scale that business I need ten million capital mm-hmm. right I either have to be prepared to go raise that <laughs> yeah. or that's not feasible right now maybe that you. we put that on the five-year
1: okay that makes sense so I like I like what you said cuz I've actually never heard anyone put it that simply but you said if you have a good business anything is scalable yes essentially I like that okay
0: yeah I feel like with the right amount of money you can scale anything to whatever capacity you mm-hmm. decide
1: Fair enough. I like that. I like that approach. Uh, so really, it's just a matter of a game of if you can get the right resources to, mm-hmm. to build it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you started your company called Maze Services. So tell us a little bit about, um, number one, why you decided to start it yeah. and, and and what it, what, is, what is that company all about?
0: Yeah. So it is, I'll, I'll tell everyone what it is essentially, and it's a platform that connects stylist the clients for mobile services so if mm-hmm. you wanted your barber to come to your house which you is would, super dope <laughs> you roll you out of bed would, and get a haircut right you would select the service that you want i want okay. a barber service and then based mm-hmm. off of your geolocation, mm-hmm. all of the barbers that are willing to travel to you yeah. will populate and it's almost like a yelp population so ah. you see the star rating you see the review okay. you get to hand select who's coming to you and then hopefully build um you know a longer lasting relationship on that um But yeah, I I started this company, I I pitched it to Sam, my business partner, as a client need. Um, Earlier we talked about me moving to multiple cities, Mm -hmm. and every time I'd move I'd have to find a new nail technician. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a pain in the ass, (laughs) it was horrible quality control, you could look up salons but not get a real idea of the stylist or the nail technicians that were in there. Um, And I pitched it to Sam, we had worked on some other projects together, and then her family had owned salons during her growing up mm-hmm. so um she had a little bit of that beauty background enough to understand the operational portion in the yeah. brick and mortar gotcha. and she spun it on me that's why she's a great business partner she challenges all my thoughts and she's like we need to think of it from the stylist perspective mm-hmm. so we immediately started testing market and found that the stylists were really being confined by the mm. salon walls and they're you know dictating how much money that they can make and mm-hmm. their schedules, mm-hmm. majority of our stylists had to have multiple jobs just to make That's ends true. meet and some of them weren't even in their field, right? Mm-hmm. If your salon cuts you at noon mm-hmm. and you expected that income, what are you gonna do? That's true. So I got very passionate about mm-hmm. the cosmetologist because it was, you know, they're miniature entrepreneurs, they have this skill set. they have mm-hmm. to market themselves and build this clientele, they are entrepreneurs. Um, to build a platform that's so good for them that they can run their business from it. Mm-hmm. And they're their own boss without being confined in four walls.
1: Gotcha, yeah, so so I like that a lot. Number one, the convenience factor, right? Yeah. We're, we're living in that economy where we want it now, we want it fast, right. we want it quick. Um, so that, that makes sense. And then it seems like that initial thought spanned into like, Creating uh, an opportunity for the cosmetologist, right, mm-hmm. to be able to grow and expand their business beyond the four walls of the salon, which I know to be true personally because I had a barber who I loved for years, but you know he had to get a, like a part-time job at Walmart, right, yeah. working in the evenings, and then it was like, well, it wasn't now the times that he could cut me wasn't it wasn't convenient for me, and mm-hmm. then I ultimately ended up having to leave, and so I know that that's a yeah. real a real challenge for sure. It's,
0: it's crazy. Yeah,
1: um, that's great. I, I like the passion and the meaning behind that. Yeah. So, that kind of leads me to my next point. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, we talked a little bit about funding, right? Mm-hmm. And just and just in, in a general sense of, you know, any good business, if it's a good business, it can scale if you have, you know, the right resources, right? So I see a lot of businesses that, you know, pop up that, Primarily, are bootstrap, right? They don't. Yes. They don't know the first thing about raising capital. They don't know what that process looks like. So right. you raise capital for your company, right?
0: <laughs> it's crazy. We turned down capital. We okay. were self-funded the entire time. So all the way until the acquisition, we were completely self-funded. Wow. Um, and I ran. I I had never raised capital before. Mm-hmm. So I ran three different financial rounds. Fail, fail, success. Mm-hmm. I went through a an all raise boot camp. Actually, if you are familiar with TechCrunch, they just posted an article that they're scaling out. So I went through and graduated from that boot camp. And then, like, right before we got acquired, Uh I ran a very tight, Uh well-put-together funding round, and we're in term negotiation, and the acquisition arose, and we declined. Got you. Capital. So um, you're not going to know until you know, but I would say I would have saved myself time I don't know. I, I'm so sure of my journey right now. It's like what I wanted to bring on that capital. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing the different things I know now as to why we moved into an acquisition, um, the answer is actually no. Gotcha. So, But, yeah, you can learn it. You can learn anything, and there's people that will help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am about to create a curriculum for nice. funding um, that I would love to push to entrepreneurs. Absolutely. I felt like especially – Um, With women, you face a lot of challenges going up Mm -hmm. in in this market against the white male,
1: um, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: investor. And you have to be 10 times more prepared and you've got to be more aggressive. And -hmm. and there's all these different things and how to do it and not let them, um, you know, take power over your round. You truly have to manage it. So Mm -hmm. that's something I'm passionate about and something I... I more became an expert on at the end of this journey
1: Got with you. Maze. Got you. Well, now I'm going to put you on the spot. So since you're now an expert at the end of this journey, and actually, I want to talk to you offline because my client base now is primarily entrepreneurs and, yeah. and founders. So they could definitely find value in that in that in that resource. But my question is, can you give us a a very quick very brief breakdown on just what does that process look like right so I'm a business mm-hmm. and I'm like yo I think this thing can scale I mm-hmm. think it's good I got some revenue and I want to seek funding at some point what is the the quick and dirty version of how do I prepare my company to get funding
0: Ooh, so if I was gonna do it quick and dirty and cheap not ask for any you know any advice wh- um, I would seek out angels in my area and get good enough at my pitch where now they're asking for Mm -hmm. you know all the list of things that they need and that is the list that you're gonna need for every every investor okay Um, the cool thing is is depending on the size of the round they will ask you for different things but they understand that you're entering a new round and you may not already have those Mm -hmm. those resources and um, one one investor that we were negotiating terms with he offered up his CFO to do review everything with us. And yeah. I said, of course, you know, man, I made friends with this guy. I'm like, let's meet for coffee.
1: Yeah. Talk to me <laughs>
0: about how you CFO all right. this crap, you know? Yeah. Um, so it really, I mean, get in it and understand it. Once you get, it's never gonna be perfect. Once mm-hmm. you get at least a small checklist of the things that you would send out, be able to send out immediately. And if they're asking for more, it'll buy you time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then identify your type of investor and run a solid, tight round. Put the pressure on them mm-hmm. and remind yourself that you hold the scalable million dollar product. Right. Don't let them say, oh, well, we'll see after, no, my round closes next week, so you're gonna write a check or you're not included.
1: Gotcha, so when you say solid, tight round, you basically mean they know what the, you know what your product is, they know it's a very limited window mm-hmm. to be able to even be considered as an investor. Yep. I would so say it's not run, this it, kind of this
0: run it for a month where two weeks you're doing pre-pitches to mm. people you don't really wouldn't take a check from, so you're perfecting yourself. Then the following week, you tee up all of your you know, mm. your appointments with mm-hmm. the investors you actually want checks from, Pick a week that those are going to start. The following week after that is when term negotiation should be in, otherwise you close the round. The thing a lot of founders don't understand and something that I had to learn as I I went Mm -hmm. is that raising money is a full-time job, Mm -hmm. so you have to have a a team that can manage and keep the momentum going while you're raising money, and that's why it's so crucial. Your investors should know, I'm closing this round on Friday. Because I have a business to run. Right. I can't sit here and lollygag with you oh, and yeah, see exactly. if you're going to write a check or not. Mm-hmm. We're both taking risks. Right. And that's part that's part of the plan. So write the check or, or not, and that's I true. need to keep it pushing.
1: It makes perfect sense. And so you, you brought up another good point that I didn't even think about. And so you said, like... You do pre-pitches to companies you wouldn't take a check from. So what what, what goes into that thought um, process? Like if someone says, "Hey, I got a million dollars, right?" or "I could potentially invest a million dollars." Why would you, like, what, what will put them on the list of "I'm not, I don't want to take a check"? From so
0: you. it may be people that are just mentor groups. It could be your executive team. It could mm-hmm. be other founders. Mm-hmm. It's more so to perfect that pitch. I think one of the things that um, okay, so here's an example: Charlotte Angel Fund. Mm-hmm. The um, the head guy at Charlotte Angel Fund had met me three or four times and did not acknowledge who I was. Um, we pitched at Seed the South mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, and all of a sudden he was very intrigued. <laughs> they have a very very um, long process. They mm-hmm. they put their founders through like the mud to to write a check. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would not take a check from them. I felt like him him. Not acknowledging me the first four times we met and I am mm-hmm. very I am very present all the time Absolutely. And you know like yeah. you you know and it regardless yeah, yeah. If we're gonna do business I'll make a point to find a relatable topic right. and I I associate with everyone mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nice mm-hmm. and so um, the fact that he I felt like it was a woman because I'm a woman yeah and so I pitched to two of his managing partners mm-hmm. and They were asking me questions and said, let me ask you a question. You guys invested in WAG or whatever the dog walking company is here. And and I do like the founder. So I'm sorry, they just changed their name. Um, I was like, and you're asking me all of these questions on what my exit looks like. Why don't you tell me what her exit looks like? Because her competitor just raised 40 million on your 4 million and they said that's a really good question we don't know and i said that's great and here's another reason as to why i just wouldn't want to take a check from you but it really got my confidence up because i'm like you know what like no i'm gonna fire back right you know and in that moment i wasn't gonna take a check from them but i had a very confident pitch Mm -hmm. because i wanted them to want me Right, right you know
1: now you know that makes a lot of sense it's almost like you know a job interview right like like you're conditioned to think that oh if i'm going for the job interview that I'm at the beck and call of, like, mm-hmm. who's hiring me? But, like, no, you're exchanging a valuable yeah. thing for, for that check, right? And it's so, and just it,
0: like that. Because if yeah. you came to a job interview, you're in that moment where I want them to hire me, I want them to hire me. If they offer you 30000 when you ask for one hundred and fifty, the answer is hell no. Right. You know? And so that they're not you. the right employer for you. Makes
1: perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And I, I love the fact that you positioned it that way because, you know, especially people who don't know about... Um, getting funding for your business, you could easily think that, oh, I would just, I would take any check that I could possibly get, no. um, but it's, but that's obviously not well, the case. Well, it's
0: crazy too, because right now in America, um, statistics say that the founder investor relationship lasts longer than the average American marriage. <laughs> oh, wow. So you wow. have to understand that you are marrying this person mm-hmm. that you signed terms with. Yep. And you can't potentially divorce them until you go raise more capital and buy mm, them, buy them out.
1: out. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I want you. I want y'all to really take take uh, a hold of that statement, right? Like, if you go and get a check from someone, it's like being married to someone, right? And you can't get out of that deal until you raise enough money to buy them exactly. out. Exactly. So so you could be stuck in a bad yeah. relationship.
0: Yeah, cheaper to keep them. <laughs> to and keep the them. the crazy thing is, is you have to flip it like if you're going to be married to someone, you would not have married Madge if you didn't right. know how she likes to communicate. Absolutely. If you didn't know what her expectations were. If Absolutely. you didn't know what she brings to the table, can mm-hmm. she raise you more capital in the next round? Because I'm telling right. you, I'm not going to give you 20% of my company if you're not going to lead the next round. Right. You know, there's a lot of things that you have to find out. You're interviewing them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, find out how involved they want to be. Do they mm-hmm. want a board seat? There's so much more that goes into it. And once you calm your nerves and you sit down and like this is supposed to be a partnership. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to come to you, you know, when shit hits the fan? Right. How do you want me to communicate that? Right. How do you want me to communicate that I'm I'm out of good ideas?
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's real. That's real. Um, is that going to be some of the stuff that you're going to be kind of covering, covering in the curriculum that you're developing?
0: Yes.
1: Awesome. Well, y'all better be on the lookout. I know. Hopefully, I'm super maybe excited. She'll, maybe she'll give us like a little discount code <laughs> that we can use. Yes, I um, actually will.
0: Um, so we're looking to push a curriculum out in 2020. So okay. I definitely would love if that's something that you get feedback on. I can yeah. provide your users a discount code for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, we will be on the lookout for that. What's up, guys? George Achenpong here, founder of the Melanin Million Movement. Did you guys know that the Melanin Million Movement is on a mission to help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000 in the stock market, effectively creating $100 million of new wealth among people of color? If you haven't heard about it, head over to melaninmoney.com check out the get started page. There's also some great apparel on the site to help you spread the word without having to say a thing. Um, so I know um, May's services was kind of a, a two year endeavor, right, undertaking, so to speak, but you've been kind of in the space of just taking an alternative path in entrepreneurship for a little while now, right? Yeah. So my question is, you know, we're talking about the success of the, the acquisition and everything that you've built so far, but me, Just knowing entrepreneurship in general, I know that there's a lot of backstory, right? I know there's a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs, right? So if you don't mind, kind of unpack for us just, you know, a little bit, I don't care how much or how little, a little bit about just the entrepreneurial journey, right? Because someone might see what you've accomplished at this Mm -hmm. point and think, oh, I want to go do what she did, right? But do you have the grit, the stamina, you know, the desire, the mm-hmm. ability, the skill set, the acumen to, to do that? Because it's not just something that you can just successfully do overnight. So just talk to us about some of the challenges oh, of Oh gosh, doing and I've do. grown
0: so much. It's crazy because now that I'm looking at investing in these new companies, my process is so different. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I pitched this to Sam and one of her, she bought a house and it was under renovation because we wanted to put renters in it. Mm-hmm. And we knew we wanted to start a company. So the goal was for... Us to get extra people in the rooms to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, the kitchen was flooded. Our furnace went out. We didn't yeah. have the money to fix it because we just paid, you know, attorney be- fees and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Um, I was making a great salary. I was pumping all of my money into the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I cashed out my four hundred one k. So mm-hmm. you have to be very, you know, ready all for yeah. ready for a risk and all in. Um, it's definitely. You, in the beginning, we talked about Mm -hmm. how this is us catching up because, Mm -hmm. really, in two years, how much have you seen me? That's a good point. I've seen your wife at networking events. Right. Because that's really the only time I leave the house.
1: That's real. So, so sacrifice. So, it sounds like the first thing is like, what are you willing to give up? Yes.
0: And that was hard for me to transition because I went from being extremely independent, making a great amount of money, having. You know, any, I want to go buy a bag. I want to go buy, do this. I want to mm-hmm. go on a trip. Like, I didn't need anybody. I just right, went and right. did it. And now I'm making six figures and living off of $25,000 a year. Right. I'm, you know, doing, making these sacrifices and, and making this transition. So the financial portion was a huge transition. The social portion mm-hmm. was a bit of a transition. Right. Um, but it's not easy. It, it honestly wasn't easy mm-hmm. until... We launched, and then we took Sam on full time, and yeah. I had her entire salary to cover, and then it got hard again. Right,
1: it got it got real again. No, that's that's real because again, I just now entrepreneurship is so glamorized, right? Oh god, um, it's
0: such it's false. Marketing. It's like it's like the new yeah. the new
1: athlete, uh, right? yeah. And, and I and
0: I encourage everyone to go out and try and do their thing, but. Um, Another thing that was super hard for us is that we, at the core, were a technology company, mm. but it was so shitty because we were equally a beauty company. Uh. So you know what beauty likes beautiful things, <laughs> right, right? You know, like so we the, can't so the show up. Stuff, which it, right? We be, can't yeah. show up in the same outfit every time. Like we go right. to investor meetings, we literally wear the same black outfit every time. They don't care, right? You know, right, right. the beauty industry is different, right? And so, um, keeping up with that, and like keeping up with yourself as a woman, and, and representation of your company, that was tough too.
1: Nah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, so, you know, what was the most I'd say like fascinating and enjoyable part of this whole entire journey? Right, because I know there's a lot of highs and lows, ups downs. Like, what, what if you could kind of recall like through this process, like what was the one thing or a collection of things that's like you know, out of everything that I did, like. This was the reason why I did it. And this was the most memorable thing that I can think of from this journey. I know that might be hard.
0: (sighs) No, it's not. You want to know what's so crazy? I've I've learned so many things. I mean, I Mm -hmm. have this just a whole book of new skill sets, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest thing for me is my team. I built a solid fucking team. Yeah. and my team is riding with me into this new wave. Dope. So everyone that was on my team um, we th- they're still on my team. Like yeah. we stopped working and a week later they're messaging in our in our group messaging platform and they're like, "Uh so can we pitch some ideas? Like we're ready to work again." Yeah. And you know, so um, I feel very proud of the team that I have and I know mm. that this wave of momentum and success that we're gonna bring into 2020 like mm. they're my people right. you know and that's huge and they're gonna be on the they're gonna be on the yacht with me it is what it is
1: yeah so no, that, that's huge because I like the word you use the word build it's only it's a simple word but you built a solid mm-hmm. team a lot of times people think oh my god I'm fine such-and-such such. no you build a team you go through shitty people mm-hmm. right um, it takes time you know people have then you realize you have a good person that need to be positioned in another area yeah. And so that's that's a key is that you have to build mm-hmm. a solid team. It's not going to happen overnight. Like right. you have to groom the people that you're building. Um, so we talked a little bit about the fact that your company had a uh, I want to use the correct terminology a technology acquisition. Is that the right term? Yes. Um, a technology acquisition, and so now you're about to embark on this on this new journey, mm-hmm. right? So before we kind of dive into that, tell us a little bit about like what led to the decision of you being comfortable yeah. like hey like you know what I think even though this wasn't a part of the original plan mm-hmm. this makes sense or this I'm gonna roll with it talk, <laughs> talk us through that thought process from you about you know you learned how to fundraise you're about to go through that whole process and you got acquisition off and yeah. it's like
0: now we're here it's so crazy so you know we talked about the glamour of entrepreneurship so anyone that would go back and look at my social media Mm -hmm. now even if you don't know me um, you're not gonna see any of the things that I'm about to tell you so on the inside what was going on is um, the cosmetology industry is regulated Mm -hmm. so we built this and I didn't know until after product Mm -hmm. that and this is on me um, that it's a regulated industry and they cannot be mobile the cosmetology license legally cannot be mobile so there's the salon license that's regulated and there's a the cosmetology license that's mm-hmm. regulated so I was spending my time um, between here and Raleigh lobbying mm-hmm. to change this law so we presented a bill and I had it's crazy because you know like the first time the senator calls you at like 9 p.m I'm like right oh it's the senator like <laughs> who am I you know yeah. um, and, but I had 17 senators backing us up and um, it's, it's wild because it seemed like <laughs> I never wanted to be a lobbyist That's not what I was passionate about. You know, at first, like the first few meetings, I'm sitting in the boardroom and there's like all these flags and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is exhausting. I want to run my business. Mm -hmm. Um, So the elections just recently happened in North Carolina, as as I hope everybody knows, because they voted. um, And that sent our bill back Mm -hmm. and it sent our bill back. And the amount of time it takes, so the bill has to go through seven to nine different voting processes, and Mm if one word or one period on that bill needs changed, Mm -hmm. it gets sent back to the first step. Got it. So it would have put us operating Mm -hmm. on an efficient level where my marketing could be pure and open Mm -hmm. um, in June of 2020. Got you. And so it's crazy because I went, we got the assistant A's email. And they're like, you can't break the law while you're trying to change the law. And I had to do go and do a panel that mm-hmm. same night. So I found out about this an hour later. I'm sitting on a panel. And that just goes to show you, you know, I'm still there representing my company. And for months, mm-hmm. Sam and I had to be out here selling this. My team is on yeah. the back end. Multiple strategy meetings on what we were going to do. We did a full rebrand mm-hmm. to the disability, disability vertical. Mm-hmm. We started partnering with, you know, the Autism Society and different, different chains. We mm-hmm. had 17 hotels locked in as a partnership. That we wow. couldn't advertise, and wow. it was silent marketing because we were breaking yeah, yeah, law. Yeah. You know, so oh, I there get was all about
1: that compliance thing, I know and
0: exactly, you know. and so it's crazy because we were going through. And you, as a CEO, you're not allowed at this point. I had already learned like I can't be emotional about this. This is what it is, and we mm-hmm. need to move. So all of our mentors, our board, we were going multiple meetings, long meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, What can our technology do? Mm -hmm. What can... What can we... How can we move this? How can we change it? We considered, Mm -hmm. like, um, a chair B&B for the stylist chair. Ah, There were a lot of different things to consider. um, And we had a few different business models. And then Mm -hmm. um, a previous company that had called us and asked us about our technology Mm -hmm. one time, out of the blue, Mm -hmm. reached back out. Mm -hmm. And they're a private company in Canada. Mm -hmm. And... We started negotiating, and I think this is where my sales skills came in because I really <laughs> did a deep dive with yeah. them. Like, what are you guys really looking yeah. for? I, and I, I I'm, remember. like, messaging my team, like, yeah. they yeah. need a custom CRM. Like,
1: build, build it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we had yeah. already had um, uh, where we could store our customer information mm-hmm. anyways. It was just, like, making it as in-depth as they wanted and, and things like that so that when we've gotten the nitty-gritty things, mm-hmm. our, like, technology was – spotless Um, but yeah so that's really what led to it and and we talked about scaling earlier Mm -hmm. I only want like that's what excites me is starting something that can be built into mass destruction, I mean, what you wanna yeah. call it, right? Nah, and I, yeah. so once this became no longer scalable, mm-hmm. I started to lose my passion. Gotcha. And my team is the only thing that kept me going. Mm-hmm. And we came to this acquisition, and I'm like, I didn't wanna sell now, I wanna sell in five years. Like, that's right. what I want. I mm-hmm. wanna scale it and sell or, or whatever. Um, but it was what was best for my team and it was best for the company. And and so we, we went forward.
1: No, I, I love that. I mean, because, you know, in business, you have to learn how to pivot, right? Yep. Um, I call it the power of the P-I-V-O-T. <laughs> I like that. Um, but, but yeah, and you, you got to be objective, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I could be emotional about... Because building a business is a lot like having a baby. And I don't have a baby yet, but I, no, I no, imagine... No, no, you do. This, right, is, this yeah. is a whole baby. It's, it's a lot like having a baby, right? And mm-hmm. It's like, this is my... I created this. I manifested this. Like This is what I thought I was going to grow up to be. But you got to be objective about Mm -hmm. this, right? Because one, to your point, you have a team, right? And it's like your team is relying on you to be a a leader and Mm -hmm. not be this emotional person. Like emotion has its place, right? Like from an instinct perspective, like trusting your instinct. Hey, look, I know the data is telling me this and I trust the data, but right, something's telling me. But by and large, like you have to, you know, be objective. And so I I really respect the fact that you were able to make that decision, even though you already had this vision of when you had, Plan to exit and what it was going to look like, and so that's that's very commendable. Um, so now that you've made the exit,
0: right? Yeah, here what's, we are. What's next? I know we, you know we talk a little bit. about
1: what's what's next? So she's you know looking great, has this really fly outfit on. I'm, I'm oh, in this
0: thanks, casual
1: little hoodie.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah so what's oh, next? Oh no, I love all the branding. Thank you, no you got it. Yeah, You got to gotta do you it. You got to do it. Um so I can't talk a lot about what's next. I will tell you guys and, and this is why I can't. Top talk. secret <laughs> alert.
1: <laughs> this
0: is why I can't tell you. The rest of the year for me is um a research mm-hmm. phase mm-hmm. because like I said now I have this new process that I'm going to that I have when I'm going into a business. Mm-hmm. Um and so I've got three different things right now that I have narrowed down about 3 of 8 that I've narrowed down. And so now I'm hyper-focused on the research stages of mm-hmm. these three um, things. I will tell you one is still in the beauty space, one is in the franchising space, and then we've got um, 22 acres in Illinois that needs occupied. So there's some laws changing next year uh, that would be really, um, uh, uh, okay. really good for that. So. Uh, that's what it's looking like for next year. And, of course, we just talked about pivoting. I could run some numbers tonight, and now I'm mm. down to two, and my right. team's going to come with another. So right. um, it's really a research phase. I think that my first company will launch February next okay. year, so relatively soon. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's I, I like to call this is my transition phase. And a lot of people don't take... Um, they look at this transition like a transition phase or a figuring it out phase as like a negative Mm -mm. Um, I feel so excited about it and that's one thing a lot of entrepreneurs have been coming like I have all these great ideas I don't know I feel so like I'm lost like you know you're not lost put them on the wall let's make some flowcharts let's run some numbers if it's in it's in if it's out it's out
1: right objectively that's what we're doing so let me just make sure I'm understanding this correctly so it sounds like your business, and I could be wrong, is like almost twofold now, right? It's almost like, okay, you had your business, sold your, sold the, the business, at least the technology aspect of mm-hmm. it. And so now it sounds like your current team in business, like you guys are in the process of vetting out your own ideas that you guys are going to potentially or will go to market with depending upon which, which ones make it. But it also yeah. sounds like you guys, are you guys going to be vetting out? Are people going to be coming to you guys? And they you guys absolutely
0: can. In, okay. So if, if you have something going on and you need capital and you know your numbers and you look like a good founder, then um, I want to be, I will say I want to be an active investor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, I, I like to build processes. I like to build departments. I like to scale shit out. So I want to be active. I'm not, I'm not at the point where I have millions of dollars like, Oh, screw it. See what they do. You know? No, like I, and it's not because I want to micromanage. It's because Mm -hmm. these are my skill sets that Mm -hmm. I want to continue to exercise. And, um, as you're thrown into those environments, you're forced to learn new skill sets. Um, but yeah, if, if you've got an idea.
1: Okay. Y'all hear that. Hey, get your, get your, (laughs) get your stuff together. You know, there might be an opportunity for you guys. Um, so, you know, we we talked a lot about your personal experience, and you know I know you personally, so I know some of that journey as well. Um, if there is one thing, and we talked about a lot of great stuff, mm-hmm. if there's one thing you could tell uh, up and coming, and if you have more than one, it's fine. Um, up and coming <laughs> founders, like hey, as they're whether they're uh, about to start the idea, they're in the middle mm-hmm. of the idea. If there's something that you could share with them that you've learned through your journey, what, what would it be?
0: I really feel like majority of my success came because I'm fearless, um, and I've jumped into a ton of things and failed or come back with, you know, feedback and and changed it and tried again. So I would say the one thing in this journey is mm-hmm. continue to be fearless and don't let these pivots um, or these what people would say failures or speed bumps mm-hmm. um, block you from anything. I mean, it's it's really just figuring out the solution and, and continuing to move forward without fear
1: I love it continuing to move forward without fear so now that you're gonna be doing all this fancy stuff and oh, it's launching different companies <laughs> and potentially investing in other companies how do we keep up with you where, where can we keep yeah,
0: up yeah I am the most active on my Instagram so okay. Macy Mata it's very simple
1: yeah. Uh, actually, I saw the other day. You were like, were you dirt biking or something?
0: I was. How was that? Yeah. Was that fun? Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. I, um, my brother is so embarrassed because he <laughs> actively has dirt biking as a hobby. Yeah. So he races and, oh, and has trailers cool, and all cool, of that. Cool. And I was, you know, wanting some adre- adrenaline. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let me see. Why so there's not? a place in South Carolina that you can go and rent a bike and helmet and, and whatnot. And, um, no, it was it was really awesome.
1: Dope. Dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you, if you want some adrenaline, I'm thinking about doing skydiving sometime soon. Uh, so not it? that much adrenaline. Uh, not that much adrenaline. Yeah. Okay. You know.
0: Uh. <laughs> so uh, this is why, right? I said it's crazy because I ended that with being fearless, but. I know that I'm scared enough of heights
1: yeah. that
0: I will be the one to pay to go into the plane and, and not jump, jump, and I'm I refuse to, to waste, waste my money. money. I, I won't do it. Makes sense to me. Yes, because it's expensive. Oh yeah, it it's is. It's a decent mm-hmm. ticket, right? Yeah,
1: definitely to not to not do it for sure. You don't, right. want, you exactly. don't want to waste exactly the money. fair enough. Self awareness is key. Yes. Yes. One of the greatest traits of any uh, great entrepreneur: is self awareness. Um, so the last question I'm going to ask you is: so the name of the show, since especially since the rebrand, is. The uncensored show, which mm-hmm. I thought was super freaking cool, right? Uncensored I love it. dollars and cents, you yes, I
0: love it. So, so what does there. what
1: does living life uncensored mean to you?
0: So, with this journey, I've become a little bit more private with my personal life, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's where I, you know, like when you take, like when I was dirt biking, like there's mm-hmm. no. You know, I'm not on my phone, like right. you know, like and that's completely uncensored, right, you know, like give yourself some moments of uncensored reality
1: I like that give it so so in life, giving yourself moments of uncensored reality where it's just it's yeah. raw and it's real, yeah,
0: raw and real and and moments so one thing I really like I love Polaroid pictures, which is so weird um but I, I actively will, will carry around a Polaroid camera because I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. But I love it because it's in that exact moment, it's unaltered, it's mm-hmm. uncensored, there's no filters. Right. It's, so I have a box of Polaroid memories that yeah. it's just like, these Those are the real, real deal, you yeah. know? Not like, the, the 10 <laughs> take,
1: no we don't like I'm it. I'm not
0: gonna archive this, like I'm gonna delete it later, this is not here. No, nah, <laughs> I like that,
1: I like that. Well, well, Macy, I sincerely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you um, for Sharing me. your journey, sharing your expertise, and I know personally, I'll be watching for what's next, and I know my listeners will probably tap in with you after hearing all the wisdom that you dropped. Oh, in I and,
0: hope that you, they got some gems and, in and there. And
1: see what you got going on. I'm looking forward to this curriculum. I might actually. Uh, okay, you know, okay. It myself. So, I'm, I'm very excited for you, and thank you so much for coming well, on. Well,
0: thank show. you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Until next time, guys. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of The Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours? What's up, guys? It's George Atchampong, your host of the show. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you so much for listening to the show. I have a tremendous amount of gratitude for anybody who takes any amount of time out of their day to listen. If you find this show valuable, practical, or helpful in any way, do me a huge favor because it helps us out tremendously to try to reach more listeners. All I want you to do is please leave a review on iTunes and also share this podcast with three friends that you think might find value in the show. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode.